This is the Gambling Gauchos. Another weekend of Big 12 football sponsored by our friends over at Barnett Howard and Williams Law Firm. You can check them out at bhwlawfirm.com. Um, personal injury, defense attorneys. They hope you never need them, but they're here for you if you do. Rob, let me make you a co-host, my friend, and then we'll get this thing rolling. Uh, before we get going, just a friendly reminder. And not spending two and a half hours arguing about which Texas Tech quarterback is the best. So we appreciate everybody's comments and questions. Just don't want it to go off the rails. Um, Rob, maybe our uh, maybe our prompt today is kind of an analysis. TCU and Kansas State have put themselves in the top two spots in the Big Twelve, but now there's three, two lost teams: Baylor, Texas, and Oklahoma State. Maybe we can work through each of their respective um, odds to get to Arlington. What do you think? Yeah, let's do it. And maybe uh, Kansas State or TCU, who has the best opportunity to be in the Big 12 championship? All right, let's ride. Um, I guess first, before we dive into any specific game, we've been hyping up all year how competitive and how much parity there is in this conference and I was really looking forward to today because there were three games on the slate. Oklahoma at Iowa State, Baylor at Texas Tech, and Oklahoma State at Kansas State that all had a spread of one and a half or two and a half. And those three games, the combined margin of victory was 90 points. You know, the closest one was Oklahoma beating Iowa State by 14. So I thought we were in for a really good day, competitive day of college football, and it didn't shake out that way in the Big 12 at least. Yeah, and I always try to focus on my own team and my own game, but to see Oklahoma get donkey stomped like that by the Wildcats uh, makes you feel a little bit better. Um, of course, you look at that Texas Tech game, and it's five interceptions. It's a couple of you know calls in the end zone. You don't want to leave it up to the officials, but officials were making plays in the end zone. Um, I don't think that Baylor won – by a wide margin today, but they certainly dominated in the trenches like they haven't yet this season. Uh, all the respect in the world to Baylor's offensive and defensive lines that I thought just killed Texas Tech. Uh, and I thought Kansas State did the same thing to Oklahoma State. They just dominated up front, and, and it wasn't really even particularly close in that game. Yeah, how about Will Howard? And um, I agree that the Baylor team we saw today – it's kind of what I envisioned them being like at the beginning of the season when I picked them to play for the Big 12 title, which they still have an outside shot to do. But, yeah, just a team with a great front seven, a great offensive line. Shapin looked really good today, no matter what our friend Ryan says. And, uh, yeah, I mean, you got to tip your hat to him. That was a one-possession game going into the fourth quarter, and it very quickly made me forget that it was a one-possession game going into the fourth quarter with how the wheels just – came flying off at the end there yeah and and you look at all the games across the big 12 because we want to focus on the big 12 and this gaucho's after dark uh presented by barnett howard and williams we hope you never have to call them but if you do you can um i, I just we keep saying that iowa state's the worst team in the big 12 and here they are still winless but competitive against oklahoma uh, but then you go see West Virginia in Morgantown take TCU to the wire. Uh, 
Um, if TCU is the best team in the conference and they're undefeated sitting at the top, why are they struggling with West Virginia? Why can they not put West Virginia away? Um, I mean, it takes a, a fourth and one fade from the 30 to cover. And they certainly would have won that game running out the clock or kicking a field goal. Um, but TCU struggling in Morgantown. And I, I, I know Morgantown is a tough place to play, but I'm starting to think that nobody is better than anybody in this conference. And one through, I don't know, eight are pretty much equals. And you're going to end up with a couple of teams that have three or four losses that, I, I mean, we were, I was talking about this with somebody else today. If Kansas was in the ACC, let's just say they're playing Duke's schedule. Is Kansas having Syracuse season right now? No. You don't think so? No. Because I don't think the ACC is good at all. I think oh, the Big 12 is that good. They, they have like eight teams that would be the third best team in the ACC. Yeah, I, I could probably go with you on that. And I do want to acknowledge – that was one of the worst beats of my life. That freaking bomb on fourth and one that TCU had. Yeah, because it hit the over and covered. I was all over, even going back to last week's Gauchos After Dark. I said, if this opens at seven or more for the Mountaineers, take the points. And I won the spirit of the bet because it was it was closer than that until 26 seconds left or whenever that play was run. That was just absolutely brutal because, yeah, if they punt it, if they – if they run it for a yard and a half and then kneel it out, West Virginia covers. So that was that was my first like real bad beat in Big Twelve play, um, which you know it's due to happen now and then. But that was frustrating. But yeah, I'm really I'm really proud of that obfuscation, by the way, that you won the spirit of the bet. Yeah, I do that when I when I feel like I made the right pick, but I was wrong anyway. You go well, you know, I I pretty much had it right. It just didn't fall my way on that particular bet. Um, but yeah. To your to the first part of your point, I think Iowa State needs to win a game until they're out of that conversation for worst team in the Big Twelve, and uh, they've yet to do that in conference play. Well, not to look too far ahead here, but next week Iowa State at West Virginia, both three and five. Um, I guess at the end of that one, we can look dead in the face of Iowa State and say, "Well, you're either the worst team in the Big Twelve or." Uh, who I've thought is the worst team in the Big 12 for several weeks now. It's West Virginia who's going to be the worst team in the Big 12. Uh, but I do think that one of those two teams is. Um, and certainly, if you look around the Big 12, I mean, Texas Tech did not look like a good team today. Uh, but if you're just looking at today's results, maybe Oklahoma State is the worst team in the Big 12 because they looked awful. Yeah, and if we've got any K-State fans in the, in the uh, spaces, I'd be curious to – just hear how they view the – I don't know if I want to call it a quarterback battle, but just the quarterback room right now because Adrian Martinez, granted this was in late September and the Heisman isn't won in late September, but he was like up there with, I don't know, the top eight or ten guys that were on the early season watch list for that award playing really well. Uh, they, of course, had a slip-up versus Tulane, but besides that, until the TCU slip-up, they were playing really well. Uh, Will Howard, both – against TCU for large stretches of that game. And then all day today looks amazing though. And so if, and when Adrian Martinez is healthy again, is there quarterback controversy there? Does it default back to Adrian Martinez or are they going to just ride with Howard who has a hot hand right now? So if we do have K-State fans in the spaces, would love to kind of get their opinion on it. 
Yeah, that's an interesting battle because Will Howard is the guy that was there uh, that knew the offense, and Adrian Martinez was the guy that came in and uh, started over him. Uh, looks like we have Cole in here now. Cole, a Wildcats fan. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Um, I mean, uh, personally, I'd love to, like, run the hot hand, you know, or ride the hot hand, you know, and go with Will Howard. But I think going into the season, a lot of the talk was about how Will Howard wanted to preserve his redshirt year. Um, so I, I just think, like, if Adrian Martinez is healthy, he's going to start. If he's healthy and ready to go, he's going to start. But I think the the leash is short. But that's where I'm at. I just I just think I think is much trust and belief that Kleiman Kleiman has in his players. If Martinez is healthy, he's gonna play him and start him. But I mean it's one of those situations. I mean, it's it's not necessarily a bad situation to be in right now. We've seen Martinez look elite this season for K-State and win big games for K-State. And we've now seen what Will Howard is and can be moving forward. So it's not the worst position to be in, but I, I just think if, if Adrian Martinez is healthy, I think he's going to get the start and they're going to try to preserve his red shit, red, uh, preserve his red shirt eligibility possibly. Um, he hey was there was hey Cole was there a conversation in the offseason that Will Howard was trying to be a redshirt to move to tight end or was that just fans being fans? It it was mostly fans being fans for sure. Um, because if if uh, if Will Howard can preserve his redshirt this year, I if he can you know he has two more games of eligibility to preserve preserve his redshirt. Um, if he can do that, I think next year he will only be a redshirt sophomore, I think is the case, maybe even redshirt freshman. Um, so there, I don't know. It just seems like it's a discussion that's going to need to happen within the locker room. I think, I mean, both like there, I, I, I'm sure you guys maybe probably haven't seen, but, um, they talked about a lot on the broadcast today, how Adrian Martinez and Will Howard, there's no, like, there's no, like, hey, I want to start ahead of you, or there's no, like, bad will between those two. Like, it seems like they're truly best friends. K-State Athletics posted, or K-State Football posted posted a picture of Adrian Martinez giving Will Howard a hug after the game. Like, it just seems like they're on the same page. So I think whatever is best for the team is what they're going to roll with. And But ultimately, I think, like I've said before, obviously, is if Adrian Martinez is healthy, I think they're going to start him. So after today, do you think that Kansas State will, you know, bounce back and have a couple of games in a row, or do you think that this was just a kind of a one-off and you're having to bounce back, um, or do you think Kansas State rides this to the Big Twelve Championship? I mean, with that, with the defense K State has, um, if you want to look at like advanced analytics, uh, KSU underscore fan post, he's really he's right up there with like stats of war from TCU about you know analytics and numbers and stuff. K-State's defense is good enough to get into the Big 12 championship. We'll just have to see how this offense rides out throughout the last four games. I I mean, like the team and players have said, you know, even though if they lost last week to TCU, everything is still in front of them. Like, they still control their own destiny. And they went out today – or, you know, they lost last week. But, like, today was a big statement – statement game, statement week as far as, like, Big 12 rankings go. 
and they they got a pretty 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 dominant or pretty dominant victory today. So everything's still in front of them. Um, everything's still in front of them, and I just think they're gonna ride the wave. And I think I don't know. It's just it's 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 weird because like we have both quarterbacks that are capable of winning Big Twelve games in different ways. Yeah, very different styles for sure. Um, I think I saw a stat at some point today, fairly early in the game, Will Howard threw his fourth touchdown pass of the season, which is the same number Adrian Martinez has, despite you know starting five or six more games. Um, so yeah, I think their offensive identity is totally different depending on which guy they go with. Um, Jason, did you have thoughts on that or a different question or topic? Yeah, so basically I was going to say <clears> um, – for preserving the retro ice, I too think you should start with Martinez. And then along with that, I will say Idaho could drop 50 on both TCU and Oak State. And this is as a case they fan too. <laughs> I haven't, I got to admit, I haven't seen much Idaho football this season. Um, so They're I can't vouch that. that. Yeah. Are they, are they still independent? Big Sky. <laughs> Big Sky. They oh, dropped wow. FCS. They almost beat Sacramento State. I forgot they went down to FCS. Holy cow. I'm a bad football fan for that. Um, hey, quick prop bet for everybody in the spaces. We're at Whataburger, and there's like 50 cars in front of us. Uh, 12.06 Central Time. Do we get out of here before or after? Let's say 12.40. Uh, important to note, are you on 80? Uh, well, I don't want to dox where your location are you on uh, my exact coordinates? Florida? My exact coordinates are 82nd in Milwaukee. Ooh, interesting choice. Way over, way after. You're getting home at like 1:30. That that's the slowest one in Lubbock. Well, I would have gone to uh, Quaker. Yeah, maybe in hindsight I should have, but you know, hey, that's what Gouchers After Dark is here for. I can hang out with my college football buddies while I'm waiting out this drive-through line. Um, I think we have another K-State fan on the queue to speak. Matt, what do you think about the quarterback situation and just the Big 12 title race in general in Manhattan? Wild Bill Howard, huh? That's Uh, right. (laughs) Um, You know, I don't really have any strong opinions about which way they should go, whether they should stick with with Adrian or, or let Will do it. It's just, it's cool to see for Will, uh, after everything he's gone through and all the, all the shit he's taken from, from fans and, and, uh, and even from some local media, it's cool to, to see that, that he was able to put together a performance like that. Is that a silence of the lambs joke? Uh, if it was, it was not intentional. <laughs> Sorry, man. Sometimes Rob is a little bit uh, too knowledgeable on the references. And so not only does he catch every reference, he also catches references that weren't really there sometimes. Oh, um, Bill? Buffalo was, Bill. Sorry, that's my bad. Buffalo Bill. <laughs> no, Wild Bill. Wild, Wild Bill Hickok. Wild Bill Howard. Right, no, yeah, wild, yeah. Wild Bill Hickok is the uh, cowboy, but Buffalo Bill is the serial killer in uh, science. Okay, life. all right. <laughs> Buffalo Buffalo Bill was also a Wild West character. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Who do the Buffalo Bills play tomorrow? Does anybody know the spread on that one? Uh, I'm just kidding. But 
So the flips, uh, I think, by the way, this was Will Howard thrust into action for the third year in a row against Oklahoma State. Yeah, and the first, yeah, and the first two times it didn't go so well. Yeah, well, like you said, I mean, you got to feel good for for a guy who gets his shot in a pretty big moment because that game had major conference championship implications, and to deliver like that is is really cool. So good for him. Yeah, uh, well, if you want another Wild West reference, uh, a pack of Cowboys hasn't gotten beat that bad since the OK Corral. Hey, there you go. And so the flip side of that game, huge win for Kansas State, obviously a disappointing um, and devastating loss for Oklahoma State, both in terms of margin of victory and impact on their season. Rob, I feel like we see this every year. As soon as Oklahoma State like falls from unbeaten and like technically in the college football playoff race to, well, they might be a nine and three or 10 and three team this season. Their fans lose it and start saying they're sick of Gundy. And I like, I pull the records every year and I'm like, y'all win 10 plus games more often than not over the last decade. What are y'all so upset about? Yeah. What's crazy is they lost one game. The defensive lineman bails on the team. They lose one more to Kansas state. Granted, what was it 48 to nothing? Uh, but you already see people trying to fire Mike Gundy. It's like, well, 10 wins isn't good enough. We need to be at the top of this conference. And I agree, Oklahoma State should be more successful. But at some point, 10 wins every year, I don't know. It, it's, it's interesting because the administration with Texas State went with the same thing uh, with Mike Leach because Mike Leach – you know, was at the the cusp for several years in a row and couldn't get to the top of the conference. And they made a move, not because he couldn't get to the top, uh, but because they were both frustrated on, on either side. Now, if Mike Gundy also gets frustrated, which I thought he was several years ago, um, I thought he almost left a couple of years ago. But if Mike Gundy is in line with the administration, they're not going to fire him. I don't think they'll leech this thing. Um, I think it has to be Mike Gundy leaving. And and I just don't see that happening. I, I think between Mike Gundy and the administration, they'll be fine. Yeah, I, I don't think he's really in danger of being fired at all. I'm just surprised to see that take from their fans. And, you know, of course, I haven't been there as a Texas Tech fan, you know, routinely winning 10 games, but not quite getting over the hump um so i can't put myself in their shoes but i'm i'm sitting here as a texas tech fan like i would love to be disappointed at you know a nine and three alamo bowl birth and to be frustrated that for the i don't know seventh time in 12 seasons or whatever that we didn't win 10 plus games i mean i would trade places with them in a heartbeat yeah i would love to be mad about a seven straight 10 win season. It would just be beyond me to do that. And I, I think you'll get there um, at least to one 10 win season with Joey McGuire tonight. I did see some, well, Matt Wells got to five and three kind of stuff that <laughs> is just ridiculous to me. This schedule that you've played, and I know Baylor came in at four and three, but Baylor is an established program that I think we might have overrated all of the, you know, minutiae beyond the game that Dave Aranda maybe does have a little bit of a an edge to him that we didn't credit him with 
to kind of say, hey, you guys left us. We're going to put our nuts on the table and run 59 times and score a touchdown late. And don't care about the clock. Don't care about the spread. Don't care about how much we're up. We're going to run the ball. Stop us. Um, and yeah. you saw Dave Aranda do that with Oklahoma last year. It just score at the end of the game for no reason or kick the field goal, whatever he did. Like, I think we, I think we discredit Dave Rand a little bit as being quiet. Um, that dude's pretty tough. Well, so a couple things on that, and we'll get to a more in-depth recap tomorrow on our next episode. But last week, I was very proud of Texas Tech for winning the way they did because it felt like a culture win. You know, you nearly get to 50-burger, take three, all that good stuff. This was like the opposite of that. It was them outdoing you at what you try to do best, which is being tough, turning the ball over. And, you know, obviously they have a probably similar cultural mindset and goals and everything because Joey McGuire helped establish that as associate head coach. Um, Like you don't just say take three, take three for five years or whatever it was, and then that doesn't just leave the building when the coaching staff leaves. Um so, yeah, I mean, it was the exact opposite. It was like you got your ass kicked in the exact way that you're trying to kick other people's ass. So that was polar opposite of last weekend for Texas Tech. Um, but something else you said kind of made me – got the wheels turning. Baylor, two losses in conference play. They're tied, I guess, with Texas and Oklahoma State. Baylor's already played Oklahoma State, lost that game. If one of those three teams is going to – make a move, and if K-State or TCU falters down the stretch, which of the three do you think is best positioned to still make it to Arlington at this point? Man, I want to say Oklahoma State, but that Baylor team we saw tonight, after the Oklahoma, after the Oklahoma State game, sorry, I, I thought, man, if we see them again on a neutral field with a healthy Baron, we would beat them. I thought that after the Oklahoma State game. I thought after the Kansas State game, man, neutral field, play them again, even with Donovan, I think we could beat Kansas State. I, I don't think that Baylor is a very good matchup for Texas Tech. Um, I don't know that you could beat Baylor uh, if you played him a couple of times, even on a neutral field. Now, you wouldn't have five turnovers, um, but that's a really bad matchup for Texas Tech. And you go back to that Baylor-Oklahoma State game, um. I think I think Baylor might have the best shot, and I don't have the schedules in front of me. Um, I think Baylor still has to play Kansas State, but I might say Baylor. I might say Baylor kind of has something figured out after this game and can kind of find their way back to a Big 12 championship maybe. Yeah, I think Baylor and Texas share the advantage of having the most opportunity in front of them in that – uh, they've both already lost to Oklahoma State, but Texas and Baylor still get to play TCU, Kansas State, and each other. And so if one of them were to knock K-State down to two losses, they would own that head-to-head tiebreaker. So I think you have to go with one of them, with one of those two, um, just on the fact that they still have opportunities in front of them and they feel like they're in more control of their destiny than Oklahoma State, who's already played both of the teams ahead of them and one of the two teams that they're tied with being Baylor. Um, it just feels like they, even if they won out, they'd kind of have to depend on other outcomes to get some help. So 
and in that respect, if we think Texas is fraudulent and underachieving and all that, then I think you'd have to give the nod to Baylor. And I'm not saying I agree with that take or not. I still think Texas is really talented. But I, I don't know if I'm a Baylor fan. After tonight, I might think that I feel better than the other two fan bases that are sitting at two losses. I think right now I would go ahead and put TCU and Kansas State in the Big 12 championship. Um, Kansas State has played everybody, right? I mean, they played Oklahoma State. They played Texas Tech. They played uh, TCU. Yeah, they still yeah, played Baylor and, and, maybe and Texas. Oh, they still play Texas. That's right. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. And, and Will Howard, man, he's he's looked pretty good. He looked good against TCU. He looks really good today. Um, has he figured some things out sitting behind Adrian Martinez? Could you see maybe some packages for Adrian Martinez in kind of a running game once he's healthy and, and a, a lot more Will Howard? Because even when Adrian Martinez has looked good this year, um, it's been on the ground. And mm-hmm. I, I don't know, especially if you fall behind, would you just put Will Howard in? I don't know. I, I would need more uh, Kansas State thoughts on that maybe. But, look, TCU is going to be a, a top five team next week. And that game is going to be in Fort Worth, obviously, for Texas Tech. That game is going to be a big Fox kickoff. Do you want to guess some lines, Kyle? Yeah, let's let's look at the entire Big 12 slate and predict some spreads. I think we were pretty close on most when we predicted last weekend. Um, yes. Let me pull up the schedule. I've here. got them. Oh, okay. I'm not moving very quickly at uh, the drive through so I've got time here. All right, um, so be- go ahead. Before we do, just want to remind everybody tuning in that we're uh, sponsored by Barnett, Howard, and Williams on Gaucho's After Dark. Thank you for tuning in. Your weekly recap around the Big 12. And a new segment we like to do is forecast what the opening line will be for all the Big 12 games. I like that there's five games. The last few weeks there's been a bye, and so it's just been eight teams, four games in action. But uh, we get a full full slate next weekend. Yeah, and there was an early line somewhere. I, I don't know what book that puts this out, but I don't look at those. Uh, I Baylor, <laughs> I got Baylor a couple of weeks ago plus nine and a half at Oklahoma. Oh wow! Um, I don't think it'll open there tomorrow, but Baylor in Norman. What are your thoughts? Baylor in Norman, man. I think it'll be close. Maybe OU minus one. Yeah, I think think Oklahoma will open as the favorite. Maybe minus two. But, yeah, I think it'll be close to a pick Yeah, like with the way Baylor played tonight, they'll get a bump from that. But OU at home always gets respect, you know, as they should playing in Norman. I think it'll be a really close line no matter how it shakes out. All right, let's go to Lawrence, Kansas, Oklahoma State at (coughs) Kansas. Uh Number nine, Oklahoma State this week, but probably, I don't know, top 15 still, maybe at 15, Oklahoma State after that hammering by Kansas State. Not if Don Williams has anything to say about it. Um, Give me Pokes minus six. Yeah, I was thinking a full touchdown. Minus seven and a half. We'll see. And I think that line will move toward the, the Pokes as we go. I. I just – is Jalen Daniels ever going to play again? I don't know. I think he's scheduled to come back, but maybe after the Texas Tech game. Um, but, yeah, six, six to seven there. 
in Lawrence. Yeah, I, I agree. And I'm, I'm curious to see when Jalen Daniels comes back because the initial report, which I think most people agree was a bad report that he was out for the season. Right. I, I don't know at what point he'll come back, but they're coming off a bye. Hopefully he's coming along because, you know, obviously an extremely dynamic player that you want to see healthy and finishing out the schedule this season. Um, so, yeah. yeah, we'll see. Our, uh, West Virginia at Iowa State. Man. I, it's hard to predict any cyclone spread because the totals are so low. Yeah. That, like any any margin of victory by more than one possession feels like a monumental. Um, I don't know. Iowa State minus four and a half. Yeah, I was gonna say three and a half. You just miss Ryan uh, doing the. I think it was the Russell Wilson let's go just into the mirror by himself. Let's ride. <laughs> let's ride. He was I totally up the believe crowd, that, that happens. Broncos <laughs> country. Let's ride. Uh yeah, I think I think less than a touchdown, but more than a field goal. Yeah. For Iowa State. Uh Texas at Kansas State. This is an interesting matchup. This is an interesting, interesting matchup because the recent history between these two have kind of been weird kind of gone back and forth a little bit uh but to me kansas state after this weekend will open up as a favorite um more than three three and a half two and a half this is where we're going to disagree pretty heavily i think the odds makers are still going to give a ton of respect to texas i think it'll be i think texas will be a road favorite let's call it texas Minus two and a half in Manhattan. Wow. Yeah, I'll, I'll stick with my gut. Uh, I, I didn't think they would be a favorite in Stillwater, and they were. And it, got, it went to a touchdown, right? Six and a half? Yeah. So you might be right. Um, but Kansas State, six and two, ranked. Texas now unranked after a bye. Um. I'll stick with Kansas State being a small favorite. All right, I saved Texas Tech TCU for the last. Texas Tech going to be four and four. TCU going to be eight and zero. Oh. Um, I'm going to go. I want to hear yours first. Yeah, I think all season, pretty much, had you asked me after any any game day weekend this season, I would have told you that Tech would be about a one touchdown dog in Fort Worth. Dog. Dog. <laughs> But with how bad of an egg Texas Tech just laid, I think it'll be closer to like nine and a half, maybe even ten and a half. I'll be interested to know, you know, I think it'll hover around ten and see which way it leans. Um, I think there could be a hook, but I think it'll be around ten. I'll, I'll say nine and a half, though. Nine and a half? Yeah. Give it to me. I'm, I'm marking that down right now. Uh. Man. What do you think it'll be? I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go six and a half. I think it'll be. I, I think it'll be less than a touchdown. I think it would have been six and a half today, but they just covered on the road, and you just got your teeth kicked in by 28 to a team that you were yeah, favored to beat by five, two. So I have to imagine it's going to shift a little bit based on that. Maybe so. We'll see. Um, I am about to order. It's 12:25. All right, let's roll, this, man. We'll talk about Texas Tech Baylor tomorrow. 
It's going to be tight, I think. I think 12.40 was a good line to set for this. Yeah. Um, right, okay, man. you have to do the out, uh, outro because I'm about to order right now. All right, give me a breakfast burger. I want a sweet and spicy bacon burger. All right, thank you for uh, tuning into the Gauchos After Dark. This was Rob Roy called Jacobson, the Gambling Gauchos. Uh, we'll look at those lines tomorrow. After they come out, you can listen to the Gambling Gauchos on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever else you get your podcasts or on KCAM.com. Uh, for now, hashtag phase three. We'll be back tomorrow on Gambling Gauchos for another episode. This, as always, was brought to you by Barnett, Howard, and Williams. We hope you never have to call them, but if you do, they will take care of you. The lawyers over at Barnett, Howard, and Williams take care of anything you need taken care of. We appreciate y'all. We love y'all. See you next weekend. Are we still on here? See you, everybody. Love y'all.